Well, today is Imagine Sunday, and I don't want to single anybody out or leave anybody out, but how many of you have been a part or been here for one of our Imagine Sundays? Let me see your hand. A lot of you guys have, but there's a lot of new faces that have been here in the last year. You're not familiar with what Imagine is. You maybe have heard us talk about it a little bit here or there, but it really is like no dramatic hype, whatever. It really is um, the biggest, most important Sunday of the year for us as a church, And what I want to do today is kind of just share with you a little bit of the story of it, but at the same time, kind of tell you where, you know, where we're headed and what we're doing with it. It all started seven years ago. Uh, At that time, Pastor Cecil and I become, were becoming or became the the senior pastors of the church and um, had this kind of gnawing feeling in our gut that we were really just kind of wondering what is it that God is wanting to do? You know, we're having great services and things were working fine, but there was something that was bothering me and I brought it up to him, and, and, and really, at the end of the day, it was just this feeling like we had become really good at doing church, but we were selfish. And it wasn't that we were bad people, it's just that we had become really focused on ourselves, and so we went and looked at the books, like the money, the budget, because the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart is also, and so we wanted to look at our treasure and see where our heart is. And so what we noticed and what we found is that we were spending 99% of everything that came in on ourselves. It wasn't like lavish expenditures, like we weren't like buying new cars for the staff or anything, but we were buying, you know, microphones and light bulbs and, you know, kids supplies and everything that just makes up a budget, like your house, everything that makes up a budget. We were spending everything that was given on ourselves and We felt incredibly hypocritical about that because we don't tell you to do that. We tell you that you should give to God first and live on 90 and, you know, but here we are as an organization not doing that. So we had this feeling in our gut, Holy Spirit kind of convicting us and challenging us like we don't, we're not exactly sure what to do with it. We just know we have to do something. We know we have to do something. And so we stood up uh, in February, seven years ago, and we said, this is what God has put on our heart. We feel like we are a selfish church. We don't want to be a selfish church. We want to be a generous church. And so we don't, we don't really have a lot of the plans. We don't really know exactly what all that means. But here's what we're asking you today. We stood up on that day seven years ago, about 120 adults. And we said, we want to take up a $20,000 offering and we want to give it all away. And I got to be honest, we stood up here seven years ago, and I was not filled with a lot of confidence that 120 adults could give $20,000. And I'm like, I'm not just building it up. Like, I really didn't think it was going to happen. I was just acting like I thought it was going to happen. And uh, and that day, that first year, like $21,000 was given by 120 adults towards Imagine. And what we found out that day was that God had placed and birthed in this church a generous heart. It's not something we can take credit for. It's not like, you know, we developed it necessarily, even though we have done, been faithful with it, that God, like a, a, a DNA component of River City Worship Center is generosity. It's all in us and all over us. We are, you are an incredibly generous church. And what we have seen happen over the last seven years is we have seen God use a small church of a couple hundred people to, to make a difference literally around the world. Not like around the world, like, you know, world famous barbecue, and then nobody knows her. I'm talking about like really around the world. Let me give you a couple examples. Over the last seven years, you've given away over $150,000. That's incredible right there. 
It was more incredible than you clapped, but it's still incredible, all right? It's still incredible that over the last seven years, you've given away over $150,000. Over the last seven years, you have helped plant nine new churches. Because that, that's, we stood up here that first year and we said, look, this is what, a, this is what we think Imagine is going to be. We want to help missions around the world. We want to help plant new churches. And we want to help local families and, and the community here around us. And so we've helped plant nine new churches in, in different states, one of them right here in Louisville, which is, has been cool. Over the last seven years, you've helped over a 1,000 families in need get the supplies needed for their kids to go back to school. I mean, that's incredible. A thousand, over a 1,000 families in this community to get, their, get ready to go back to school. You've helped uh, missionaries to go to Asia and Africa and South and Central America. Like God, in his incredible grace, has allowed us to be a part of sending people to, to other continents around the globe. And not just to send a check, but to have a relationship and to, and to help and partner with these people that are going and doing ministry that you and I will never do, but we're a part of it because we're giving to it. I ask a few of the, of the missionaries that we, that we have a relationship with to just send a message to you today, kind of update you what's going on. We uh, we sponsor the Hansons, Josh and Jessica Hansen, and the Casa Shalom Orphanage in Guatemala, the Troutmans in Uganda, and um, Johnny Moore in Thailand. And I asked them to just send a video to, to kind of update you guys on what's going on. I want you to see that for a second. Greetings, Pastor Jason and Andrea and my awesome family at River City there in Louisville, Kentucky. Guys, I just want to say, uh, one, wish you all the best on your Imagine Sunday and your Imagine campaign. Uh, you guys have been just such a blessing to me and the ministries that we've been doing in Southeast Asia. 
uh, this past year, which you guys have been a part of and been involved with, has been one in Myanmar, since we've been shifting operations and doing ministry more there, has been our ministry schools. We're training church planners and future leaders to go and plant new ministries in Myanmar, which is predominantly Buddhist, and also um, at, to, re to reach out to completely unreached people. We've been doing English classes and computer classes uh, to kids, young people, high school, college age, uh, that would otherwise have no way to, to get a proper education and an extended education in those settings. So you guys have been a part of that through your prayers and through your support. And I just want to say thank you so much uh, these past few years that you guys have been connected with me and supporting all that I do uh, because you guys have been an extension of that and you guys have been able to do ministry uh, in those parts of the world as well. So guys, I wish you all the best on your next year of, of ministry throughout the world. And I look forward to our partnership to continue. And uh, I couldn't do what I'm doing without you through your prayers and your support. Thank you guys so much. God bless you. Wish you all the best. Now listen, let me tell you what's so incredible, and I don't mean this in a competitive way, even though if we were keeping score, we would be winning, but let me just say it to you like this, that these missionaries that we sponsor and that we work with, they, they're, a lot of them are friends of mine or have become friends of mine, 
And they tell me that like they will they will go and, and partner with churches three, four, five times the size of ours, and we're the largest contributing church that they are a part of. That's incredible. It's incredible. And I, and I don't mean that like other churches aren't doing like you got to do what God feels like what you feel like God's called you to do. But I don't want to downplay our size because like this is an awesome church. Like God's doing incredible things. But I, I want you to just wrap your mind around the, the generosity, the extreme generosity that a few hundred people, a few hundred adults have, have, have done over the last year. So you've helped missionaries. You've sponsored as a church over the last seven years. You sponsored 39 orphans. And that's just the opportunity was given to you really last year. You sponsored 39 in the last year. You've built buildings for orphanages in Argentina, Bolivia, Honduras, Guatemala. I mean, these are the things that God has been doing through you over the last seven years. And these are just the quantifiable things. Like these are just the things we can count and go, oh, well, that's what has happened. But what's been most incredible is to watch the heart of generosity that just kind of oozes out of you in other parts of your life. I've never been a part of a church where people like gave their cars to other people like this church. Like, it's just like, oh, they need a car. We'll give them a car. I've never been a part of a church where you live in a house that's already too small for your family and you let somebody move in with you who has nowhere to live or uh, donating supplies and, 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 and appliances. And I mean, just, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's crazy, but it's incredible. And, and other pastors will, will contact me or hear about what you're doing. It's not about me, but they'll contact me and hear about what you're doing. They'll say, we, we want to do something like that. What's the secret? What's the, you know, what's the, how do you do it? What do you say? What do you pray? What do you, I'm like, it, it's, it's the heart that God has put inside of you. That's really what it is. It's, it's a calling that God has given us. And so what I want to do for the time we have left today is I want to read you a very popular story out of the Bible. Matthew chapter 14. It's a story of Jesus feeding 5,000. You, you've probably heard it before. But I want to read this story to you and just bring a couple things out of this story that I think apply to imagine and, and the heart behind what God has called us to do. If you, if you are not familiar with imagine and you're just kind of hearing this for the first time, we feel called to help partner with missions and orphanages around the globe. We feel called to plant new churches because we believe it's the best way to change a community. And we feel called to help uh, the, the, the families in need and the opportunities we have here around us. That's what God has given us the heart to do. And I feel like that God has given us a, a uh, purpose, a calling, a vision, a goal, whatever you want to call it, to give away a million dollars. And when I first felt like that was what God was calling us to do, I thought it would take the rest of my life. I thought it would take the rest of our time in, at this church. There, like Now I'm thinking we could have it done in about five years because of, of what you're doing and how you're giving. So um, anyway, so let's, let's read this. Matthew chapter 14, starting with verse 13. Here's what it says. It says, as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Verse 14, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stopped, or as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them. That's the first parallel from the story about Imagine for me is that Imagine for us has always been about and will continue to be about the crowd, the people that are hurting, the people that are in need, the people that we should have compassion for. It says Jesus saw them and he had compassion for them. And God has called us, not just us, but every Christian, every church, he's called us to reach the crowds in our community. 
but we're also called to reach the crowds around the world. Now, we're not probably going to ever go meet those people, a lot of us, most of us, but we're called to figure out a way, creative way, a God-inspired way to reach those crowds. So God has called the church to reach the tribe in Africa or the village in Asia, just like he's called us to reach the community here. But what's unique and the way God sets it up is God has given you know, my family and our leadership and you a heart to reach here, but he's given somebody else a heart to reach the tribe and to reach the village. But, but he's asking us and calls us to resource those people to be able to do what he's called them to do. And so for us, we want to help as many people as we possibly can. We have a little saying around here, we want to say yes more than we say no. It's so easy to say no, isn't it? It's so easy to say, well, we can't do that. We want to say yes. We want to help the crowds. We want to have compassion. And one of the biggest ways that we do that is through our Bless Back project. How many of you have ever served at one of our Bless Back projects? Let me see your hand. I know a lot of you have. It's one of our biggest events that we do, most of the volunteers that we have. If you've never served at a Bless Back project, please do it. It will be the most fulfilling thing you do all year. Like, we leave with a grin on our face that lasts for three weeks. I mean, it, it, is, it is incredible. And I want to show you this video. Uh, this is actually two years ago, but this was our best video, so I wanted to show you this video. Uh, from two years ago from our Bless Back Projects, uh, for those of you who maybe aren't familiar with it, other, other, others of us will just kind of remind us about it. Thank you. 
service to church all in together. Um, I'm very grateful for this opportunity to be able to get to thank God for the ministry and the time and the that came out before we came um, And again, kind of see it myself on trying to do what I can to make my life better for, for my family. And I'm just really grateful that I have the opportunity to be able to get things for my children when I don't have Imagine is about others. It's about, it's about taking the focus off of ourselves and having compassion for the crowd and compassion for others. And let's keep reading. So Jesus sees him, and the disciples come to him in verse 15 and say, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. In verse 16, but Jesus said, That's not necessary. You feed them. What we can learn from this story about the heart that God's given us for Imagine is that Jesus makes others' needs, other people's needs, our responsibility. Jesus makes other people's needs our responsibility. And it's so easy to feel like that there's nothing we can do. The world's too big. There's too many problems, too many things. We, we can't do anything about it, but God wants us to do something. He doesn't expect us to solve everybody's problems. He doesn't expect us to to come up with the solution for every crisis. He just asks us to take some type of personal responsibility for the things that are happening that we are aware of. And I want to give you just one small example of how you've done that just in this last year. If you guys will throw up that picture for me. You guys heard uh, in the video at the beginning from uh, the Troutmans, but they, no, go back one. There you go. The, uh, the Trotmans went to Uganda. They're serving there. As they're going into town one day, uh, they see a well that's not working, and people begin to tell them about it, and they begin to ask, and, and they said that, um, that somebody had put in the well, obviously, but then it hadn't been working, and so they asked how much would it cost to fix it, assuming it would be a huge problem because it hasn't been fixed yet. How much would it cost to fix it? You know what they said? $500. It costs $500 to give drinking water clean drinking water to a whole community. So they just throw it up on Facebook. You guys, you guys had already given, so like we're already given to them. And so they were able to go back and to get this well working to provide. Listen, just because two people felt like God was calling them to go do something else not connected to the well, but they just took and made it their responsibility because they noticed it. And you took it on as your responsibility when somebody said, hey, we want to go, and you gave to that. You got this well working. And that's just one small way that you've made other people's needs your responsibility. And that's really what Imagine is all about. Taking responsibility for the things that we can control and the things that we can do. And so Jesus says to the disciples, he says, I want, I want you to feed them. I love the disciples' response. In another version of the story, they take food from a little boy. They don't even give the boy credit in this story, but they say, uh, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Now, I, the Bible doesn't say this, but I almost feel like they knew if they brought this up to Jesus, he was going to ask them to give what they had, and they're the ones who brought a little bit of food for themselves, you know? It doesn't say that. Maybe I'm stretching it. But it's almost kind of like, well, I mean, we brought something for us. I mean, I don't know. We need to send them away. I don't know what, you know. And Jesus says, I, I want you to do something about it. And the disciples look at what they have, and they go, well, we don't, we don't have enough. We don't have enough, Right? 
And so the, the, another thing we can learn from this story about what God's called us to do with Imagine is that we're only responsible to give what we have. We're only responsible to give what we have. Yes, God has given us this vision and this, this calling, this purpose to give away a million dollars. We haven't done it yet. And there are huge projects that I would love for us to be a part of, but we can't be a part of them yet because we just can't bite that much off, right? That God has just called us to give what it is that we have. And in certain times, that's been a few hundred dollars. and certain times, that's been a few thousand dollars. But God has called us to just give what we have. And so you look at what you have to give and you say, well, I couldn't do that much. But when you give and you give and you give and you give and you give, you get running water in Africa. You get a thousand families for Bless Back Project. You get orphanages and pregnant pigs and chickens and rabbits. Right? So God is not asking you to give what you don't have. God's not asking us as a church to give what we don't have. He only asks us to give what we have. Throw that next picture up there that we saw just a second ago. This is an example of that, that the Hansons, it's not a school bus, it's a cool bus, by the way. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, the, the Hansons in Guatemala, we were down there two years ago for a trip, and there was 100 kids, and their bus was broke down, and so they had a 12-passenger van with all the seats pulled out. And this is, like, not even safe in any way possible, but they shoved about 40 kids in the back of that van and got them to school, came back, took another trip. I think they would take multiple trips. And so this was two years ago. They wanted to get the bus fixed. I think they got it fixed, and it broke down again, whatever. So they needed to buy a new school bus. They needed about $5,000 to buy the school bus. And so they put out you know, hey, we need help to other churches and things like that. And after an extended period of time, they had raised about $1,400 of the 5000 And, I'm, you know, it's no guilt or shame to anybody else. It's just like, come on, you know, it's $5,000. And so, uh, actually, Rob McGuffey, who has a huge heart for missions and the orphanage there, contacted me about the opportunity, and they needed $3,600. And so, even though we already give to them, we had some extra money in Imagine, and so we sent them $3,600. And listen, $3,600, yes, is a lot of money, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot of money. It's not a lot of money. But we just gave what we have. It was some extra that somebody had given to us. And so we turned around and gave that away, and all we could do was give what we have, but God took what we have, and he provided what they needed to get this bus for those 100 kids to be able to get where they're going. That's just a way. That's just a way that God takes when we give him what we have. We, 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 we couldn't buy 10 buses, but we could give $3,600, and he took what we had, and that's all we're responsible for. The Bible says when you're faithful in the small... God grows your influence. He grows your opportunities when you prove that you're faithful in the small. We proved that we would give away $21,000 and change, and the next year, next year you guys gave about $30,000. And we proved that we could be trusted and faithful to give away $30,000, and the next year it was like $40,000. And then you proved that you could do that, and then we're up to like 50 something thousand dollars and God just keeps growing our opportunity to give. So you know how the story ends. Jesus says, bring them here. So the disciples brought the fish and the bread to Jesus. He told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, blessed them. And we've read this story so many times. If you're a church kid and you know how this story goes, why don't you just wrap your mind around that? You're down at thunder. Nobody's got anything to eat. And this guy's got a bag with two fish sandwiches from it from Mike Lennox. And somebody takes it, prays for it, 
starts passing it out, and it feeds 700,000 people or whatever. I mean, I'm stretching it here, but I'm just saying it's thunder, so you know, it's a lot of people. That's what happened in this story. Jesus sits him down. He, he blesses it, gives bread to the disciples who distribute it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of leftovers. At least 5,000 men, if not more. This is the last kind of takeaway from this story with Imagine, that God takes what we give to him and supplies exactly what others need. God takes what we give to him and provides exactly what others need. On, On its own, it was not near enough, but God took it and made it what it needed to be. And so for the last seven years, we've depended on the Holy Spirit to help us and guide us relationships to be formed, and we've said to the people that God has put in our path, hey, listen, you take this and allow God to use it for it to be what you need it to be. God put it on the heart of Pastor David Kennedy to plant a church in the Autumn Lake mobile home community. He felt like that God was putting him there to reach that community two imagines ago, two imagine Sundays ago, we stood up, he shared his story, and we stood up and said, hey, listen, if you feel called, go. And some people did. They went. They felt like God had called them. We don't just want to give money. We want to give the resources that it takes to plant a church. And so they went. They've outgrown where they were at there in Autumn Lake. They've moved right down the road, but the heart of that church is still that Autumn Lake community. Pastor David drops by here, you know, all the time, and will catch us up on what's happening. God's doing incredible things through Autumn Lake. This was actually a video that we showed last year, but I wanted to show it to you again. Pastor David just updating you on Autumn Lake and the incredible things that are happening. Let's watch this video.
incredible, right? God didn't give me a heart for Autumn Lake. I don't know what they need. God knows what they need, and God knows who needs to be leading it. And so we just said, you know what? We're going to give to God what we have or giving it to him, and he'll turn it into exactly what it needs to be. And so we come to this place again this year where we're asking you to, to decide what it is that you can give. You know, we, we do this once a year, and it won't always be this way, but at least up to this point in the church's history, we have never stood up and asked you to give. We don't want to nickel and dime you, and we don't take special offerings. Once a year, we take up a special offering, and we give that away, 100% of it. Matter of fact, when we raised the thousands and thousands of dollars it's taken to renovate this building, we decided we didn't want to stand up here and ask you to give towards it. Now, it won't always be that way because eventually we're going to outgrow this building and we're going to ask you to pony up for it. But for the season we're in now, we said, you know what? No, we'll raise that money outside of the church so that we can still stand by the fact that we only ask you one time to give a special offer and we're going to give 100% of it away. So I want to give you that chance to do that today. But we don't want to just ask you to give today. In years past, we've said, hey, we want you to give. Do what God's called you to do. Do what God's put on your heart to give. And we still stand by that. That's what makes the engine go, and, and we've got to have the money to give. But this year, we're adding one more element to it. We're asking you to give, and we're asking you to go. We're asking you to give, and we're asking you to go. Not to just give money, but we also want you to give your time and your effort and your energy to be a part of what's happening on the ground in Imagine. Not just giving to it, but rolling up your sleeves and getting involved in it. And so when you came in today, in your chair, there was a, a sheet of paper that says, Ways to Get Involved and Imagine for 2015. Ways to Get Involved and Imagine for 2015. And I, I'm not going to talk at length about all these. Excuse me, I'm not going to talk at length about all these. You can read about it, but I want to just give you ways that you can get involved and imagine. The first way is through kindness cards. This is something everybody could do. You can take these with you today. We've ordered a thousand of them, so we'll have these for a while. But we're asking everybody as you leave today to take three kindness cards. We've already got them bundled up in three for you. And we want you to take these and to use these somehow this week in an incredibly generous way. Leave a humongous tip at a restaurant for a waiter or a waitress. Pay for a meal and a drive through behind you. Buy coffee for somebody in the line behind you. Cut your neighbor's grass. Watch your neighbor's kids for free, whatever. And when you do it, give this card to them or give it to the employee. And it just says, just in case your day needed to get better, we wanted to do something nice to let you know Jesus loves you no matter what. We're asking everybody to take these and just do something generous. Do something kind. No strings attached. Our information as a church is on the back. If they want to follow up, they don't have to. No strings attached. We just want them to know Jesus loves them. This is a way that we can reach our community. Everybody can do that. So as you leave today, we're asking everybody to take a pack of these cards and use these kindness cards. The second way you can get involved is through our Bless Back project. We've talked about that, but this year it's going to be on August 1st, Saturday, August 1st, and we give away school supplies, school uniforms, haircuts, uh, a meal. We do all sorts of stuff for Bless Back, and it takes lots of volunteers. And so as we get closer to August 1st, you'll hear us talking about it, and, and, and giving you the opportunity to sign up, and we're asking you to be here to serve. We're asking you to be here to serve. The third thing is mission trips. We're taking two trips this year to the Casa Shalom Orphanage in Guatemala. I was lucky enough and blessed enough to be raised in a home with a dad and a mom who prioritized mission trips. As a matter of fact, 
my dad has set up uh, accounts, uh, financial accounts for all of his grandchildren so that when they ask to go on their first missions trip, it'll already be paid for, which I just think is incredible. But my dad started taking me on mission trips when I was 12 years old, and I'd, I'd say for at least 12 or 15 years, I went every year. I believe they, they, they broaden your worldview. They, they're, they're life-changing. And so we, I know everybody can't go. Everybody can't take the time off work. Everybody can't afford to pay the $1,000. I get that, but some of you can. And I'm asking you to get beyond your comfort zone a little bit. Some of you, you don't want to get on an airplane. Go ahead and get on it. Some of you don't want to leave the country. It's all right. Come on, leave the country, right? You don't want a language barrier. It's all right. I'm practically fluent in Spanish when you get down there. You know, you figure it out in two or three days. You just add, you know, whatever to the end of whatever you're saying. You act like you know what you're doing. <laughs> but we're taking two trips this year. August 18th to the 23rd is a construction work trip. Um, that's for people who like to work. People, bricks and mortar, tools, like you, you're, you're going to be uh, making a huge difference on the property there. November 11th through the 15th, that's a general trip where we just help the, the employees there um, partner with the kids and do some things. You can read more about that there. What I wanted to do today is, is not, I didn't just want you to hear from me. I wanted you to hear from somebody who has seen the way that mission trips and, and missions in general has has really ministered to their heart and blessed them. And so I've asked one of our elders at the church, uh, Rob McGuffey, to come up here and talk. Everybody give Rob a hand. <laughs> Rob's got a huge heart for what we're doing, in Gu- not just in Guatemala, but especially Guatemala. So Rob, why don't you talk about this a little bit? Well, in support our day, I did support the there you go. Guatemalan national soccer career. Not the strongest, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know if they don't have a very good team. No. Um, anyways, uh, I wanted to kind of a little bit and, and tell you a little bit about my story, uh, just for a few minutes, um, about how I got into leading a mission team and some of the ministry things that I do around here. Um, guys, I'm just like you. Uh, sometimes it's scary to step out and do something that you're unfamiliar with, and, and I told Jason this in the past and uh, shared it before with some of you. Um, I had grown up in a Christian home, um, got saved when I was young. And tried to do my best to serve the Lord as a teenager and as a young adult. And I admittedly uh, have told some people that, you know, I've really only given God about 90%. Maybe 95, but pretty solid. And the reason being is because I knew that if I gave God 100% of me, 100% of my life, there's a good chance he was going to ask me to do something that I wasn't wanting to do. <laughs> something that was going to stretch me. Something that scared me. And that thing I knew in the back of my mind what it was, I just didn't want to talk about it, was doing missions work. And I said, God, that just scares me. I don't, I don't like leaving the country. I'm fine with flying. There's no big deal with that. Um, I had a good job uh, kind of climbing the corporate ladder. It was a shirt and tie type of job. And I felt great about where I was heading with my career. And the Lord was like, And, and finally, uh, I'd been somewhere and we'd been praying, and, and someone said, I want you guys to believe that when we say this prayer, something's really going to happen in your life. So I said this prayer, and I actually went home that night, wasn't feeling good, I went to bed early, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and the Holy Spirit was all over me. It was like my blanket was a lead blanket that they put on you like at the dentist's office, you know, about to get that x-ray and feel that, that weight. It was like that, but it wasn't a bad thing very, very, very good thing, a very good feeling. And I knew that the Holy Spirit was in the 
about living another life. So give me 100% and I'll take care of the rest. And immediately I said, Lord, you've got my attention because you totally caught me off guard here. And uh, I just said, Lord, whatever you want to do, I'm, I'm good with that. And immediately all the fear went away. All Anything that I had reservations about completely went away. And I was immediately just excited to do whatever God wanted me to do. And a little bit of time after that, we, we took our first mission trip around here. And uh, it was like, I get down there thinking, what in the world was I so scared about? Um, now, there was some things where I, I was kind of unsure about speaking the language or, or unsure about are we safe everywhere we're going, you know, things like that. Uh, but the Lord is always uh, telling himself true to, to be with us. And, and uh, it was just an amazing experience to finally let go and give God that 100%. And maybe for you, it's going on a trip and, and it's trusting God with, with your life to go somewhere else. Maybe it's trusting God with uh, your finances to say, Lord, I just don't know if I can support something like that. Um, but I will tell you this, uh, from the first trip to every trip from now on, I know it will be this way. There is nothing more satisfying in all of your life than, than doing something that you feel God is putting on your heart to do. Doing something you feel called to do. Uh, going on these business trips uh, is something that I literally think about 365 days a year. Um, it is something that I find no greater satisfaction in, in, in all my life. It's, it's better than the first buying the first house I ever bought, uh, the first car, the first iPhone I ever had, you know, the little toys that you want. Um, there was no greater satisfaction than, than doing some of those things. And specifically for me, going to a place like Casa Shalom uh, that Josh Hansen talked about, um, you know, they're dealing with orphans. They're dealing with children who uh, didn't even exist on paper before they came to Casa Shalom. Uh, they had never had family. Um, they had never worked according to the government. The government didn't even know they existed. Uh, and they take these children in. And one of the things that, I, that stood out to me in the Bible was, was Jesus calling us to think that, that pure religion is actually taking care of widows and orphans and doing those types of things. But Jesus said, if you do these things unto the least of these, you do them as if unto me. And when I go to a place like that, or even locally, when we do some of our local events here with Less Fast and some of the other community events, it is that, that unique opportunity to do something that you feel like, I am doing this, and it's like, it's like I'm doing this to Jesus. I'm reaching out, and I'm being, I'm through him, I'm doing some things, but it's like I'm doing it as if I'm to him. There's no greater satisfaction in all the world than to know that you're a part of something. Awesome. Everybody give him a hand. Great job, Rob. So if you're interested, if while we've been talking, you're thinking like, I think I'd kind of like to do that, then we would love to, to talk to you about that. You can go to actually to our website and find out more information about the mission trips. Let me give you these two more real quick. Serve Day on October the 10th. We had a little typo there, but October the 10th, we're having Churchwide Serve Day where we're going to get as many people as we can to go out into the community and to serve into the community we picked October 10th because it's Louisville's off week in football. So there's no excuses, all right? Nothing blocking you. Go ahead and write it in, write it down. No tailgating, no nothing. You got nothing going on that day. Go ahead and write it in there on October the 10th. Be ready to come and serve with us. 
And then lastly, as a food drive, during the month of September, we're going to be collecting canned food for the South Louisville Community Ministries. And we want to collect so much food that they can't even store it all. That's what we hope to do. Um, and so you'll be hearing us talk about that. Each of these things we'll be talking about before we get there um, and, and, and do it. So when that comes up, you'll be reminded and you can jump in, all right? So we've taken more time than we normally take, but this is a big deal to us. It's a big deal to us. And I love the way that the story ends, and I'll just close it out the way Jesus did. The disciples early in the story had a little bit of fish sandwich, and they weren't sure it would work or didn't want to give it up. We don't know. And at the end of the story, they collect 12 basketfuls of food. I've never known any person who decided to be generous not be full, ever. Not once, not ever. I've never known someone who decided, you know what, I'm going to be generous, I'm going to give, I'm going to give it away, and then be left empty. They always are full. It's actually holding it to ourselves that makes us empty. So I want to challenge you today. As a church, we've made that commitment. We're going to be a generous church. I want to challenge you today to do that for you and for your family. I would love for you to sit down and talk about this with your family Maybe they could do the serve days with us or maybe go on a missions trip or help let the kids collect canned food or whatever it is to let them have some buy-in. But we want you to give and go. We want you to give and we want you to be a part of the ground floor, groundwork of what we're doing with Imagine. All right? Can we do this together? You guys always do. I mean, you always do. And I'm just so proud of you. I, I'm, I genuinely have never known a group of people more giving than you and what you do. And so thank you so much for what you do. Here's what we're going to do. John and the team are going to come up in just a second. I'm going to pray for us. John and the team are going to come up and lead us in a, in a song uh, about Imagine. Uh, well, it's not about Imagine, but it's about sending us out and going and doing and helping. But as you leave today, you can take your pledge cards. If you came prepared to give, by all means, go ahead and give. If not, go ahead and take your pledge cards Fill those out. Drop them at all the giving boxes, at all the exits. If they're filled up from the first service or whatever, which that'd be an incredible problem to have, um, just find another box somewhere. You can slide those in there. Uh, also, giving your tithes and offerings. Corey will tell you about that in just a second after the song. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, dude. A little bit unorganized today. Sorry. Um, fill out those pledge cards and drop them in there, all right? I would like for everybody to give something. Never tell you what to give. That's between you and God. But I'd love for everybody to give something so that when we see those pictures of buses and wells and missionaries, you can go, you know what, I was a part of that. I was a part of that. So let's everybody do something. Andrew and I are joining with you in that, all right? Let's pray.